Thanks for tuning in to The Hateful Geeks. Tonight, we're going to be going over the DC Cinematic Universe. We're going to be starting with our uh, Man of Steel uh, inquiries and moving on to uh, everything from Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Wonder Woman trailer. And tonight, I'm going to get Andy to admit that Ben Affleck is the superior Batman. Hmm. Thanks for tuning in again to The Hateful Geeks. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the DC Comics Cinematic Universe, starting with Man of Steel all the way to our hopes and dreams for the Justice League. I'm Phil. I'm Andy. I'm Sweeney. I'm Tim. And tonight, we're going to get into it, and we're going to hate on some shit. Well, that's because DC is by far the inferior cinematic universe. Whoa, whoa, whoa this is not a comparison. Oh, it, it, it better be because it's not, awful. We're talking strictly in, in its own universe right now. DC is so far like, what, they're like 50-50? They got like a half and a half batting average, which sucks because everyone in this room is a massive DC fan. Right. But they've shit the bed like over it's, and over. It started off so well and like Snyder, Snyder is doing so great and then everyone just kind of, well, you know what? I, I'm a firm believer that Snyder's films are pretty much the only saving grace of the DC universe right now. We haven't, every, we'll get into that later. But if we're going to start, we're going to talk about Man of Steel. All right, Man of Steel. Jumping point, it's like, well, what would you consider? Like the Iron Man. Iron Man started the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? For sure. Yeah. And we actually get Superman that we want. No no offense to any of the previous Superman movies, but uh, they weren't the Superman we wanted, ever. We couldn't do that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Christopher Reeves was definitely a Golden Age Superman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, underpants on the outside Superman, as right. I like to call them. You know, cats out of trees, like... Don't eat a lot of carbs, kids. Like that kind of <laughs> Superman. But his powers, like from the comic book, don't translate well when you're the height of your technology is a fucking string belt. I can agree with that. But after Christopher Reeves, those movies. Yeah. Oh, what was that guy's name? Brandon, Brandon, Ralph, Ralph. Brandon, Ralph. Brandon Ralph in Su- Superman Returns in general is just such a boring movie. Kevin Spacey is one of the only. Saving graces. I don't think even Kevin Spacey could save that fucking piece of turns And it turns Superman into a deadbeat dad. (laughs) Oh my god, I just can't. Didn't he catch a plane in that one too? That is the old. And he and he lifts a giant island of kryptonite. That's that's all he does in that entire movie. Like this would be like if you made. I don't know, like one of the most evil human beings on earth. Like tell the story of Gandhi. Uh. It was bad. He yeah, hated fucking, he that's, hated fucking that's why it's not part of the DC. You know, right, so right. It's bad. Right. It was bad. So Man of Steel is certainly the jumping point. It I is the, the kickoff of the modern DC Cinematic <clears throat> Universe, and we get a tried and true origin story. And mm-hmm. it took up a good like thirty minutes at the beginning of the film. Krypton looked really good in that film. I like that vision of Krypton. Um, I will always consider Krypton kind of like that crystally thing, like you know, Man of Steel, like. The Donner version of Krypton that that to me is Krypton, but I did enjoy this one, although it had a little bit of a Pandora feel to it. Yeah, the giant lizard creatures and things. I don't know. To me, I, I still have that I'm still very imprinted on the the Donner crystal kryptonite, like just world of ice and glass. It's a beautiful setting, and some of the best music ever written for a movie was during some of these scenes. Oh yeah, and you got fucking. 
Marlon Brando as Jor-El. Like, these are, I mean, granted, you know, Rose Tinted Glasses, these are great films, but I think Man of Steel dropped the ball on Krypton. I just... I think it looked, it looked like he said, to Pandora. I didn't believe this was a, a superior race of beings. This looked like jungle cats. Or I don't know what it was. It was not... It was... It was they did drop the ball completely, and they, they did not explain the technology at all. They didn't really even use technology. What the hell was the floating Jeeves? Why are you cloning yourselves? Why just fucking have kids? You just right. got the best part of life. Well, yeah, they get to that the apparently. Making, making. The actual making, we get an intercourse fail. <laughs> yeah, sweet. But yeah, they, the technology, like they didn't explain it. They didn't try to. They just pretty much said, "Oh yeah, we put all of these Kryptonians inside of you. We don't know. We didn't tell you how." Or why? <laughs> I'm like, oh, kind of gross. Yeah, I have all these little. It's like being filled with semen, but everywhere. Yeah, it's a visual. <laughs> so Krypton. Wow. Just, yeah, unfortunate. There was parts of it I liked, but yeah, it was. Come on, it did. It looked like whatever. Just Krypton. For the most part, I loved this movie, but it, I mean, it had some some very controversial things going on inside. I actually. I think there could have been a better balance between the this Superman and some of that Boy Scout Christopher Reeve Superman. I mean, there's times when he is saving people and he's got like emo sad face. Like Superman's actually like, oh, but that's I'm the saving people. <laughs> but that's the thing, man. This is an origin story. He's had the suit on for like a day. He's never been in a fight in his life. Literally never. And then he's got to fight like military trained Kryptonians. He's he's never had to like think about collateral damage or using his powers in a combat situation. He, the fact that he did as well as he did, fucker should get a medal. Oh, or a statue. How oh, they gave him a statue. He showed that fence though. Woo! Oh god, that's poor fence. <laughs> um I don't know. I do I agree with Andy here. It, 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 he always seemed when he was doing what should be fun for him, because he obviously knows he has no equal here. It looks like he's like bored. And that's the difference between the the Jonathan Kent's that we got from the films. This Kevin Costner, great actor, good guy. You know, not a, not a good. You know, he's I a good do. Guy. I know. I hang. I hang with him. <laughs> I dance with wolves with him. Oh, but uh, Tataka. <laughs> but uh, tell him Clark. Just let the kids die next time. <laughs> what? Jesus. Seriously. Like, that is not Jonathan Kent. And he's like, Dad, I'm going to save you. Nah. Well, I think they kind of changed it around to where what Jonathan Kent usually is in the comics was kind of transferred over to Jor-El. And, I mean, I, I understand that Jonathan Kent, where Jonathan Kent, the character, is coming from in the movie, where he's scared that he's going to lose his son and what the world will do to his son once he's revealed. And that's kind of that's why he sacrifices himself. But I will in agree. That tornado. I mean, I like Jor-El better in this one. Maybe it's the actor. You I like know. Russell Crowe. Yeah. Fighting around the world. I mean, he played. He did a good job, at least for the little short part that we saw him, and then the animated or uh, projection of him. I didn't have any. I, I don't know. I feel like the performance was forgettable, but not bad. Yeah, yeah. you don't remember it being bad. We kind of remember Costner as being bad. I, I kind of like yeah, Costner's I, uh, rendition of Pa Kent. I think having Costner as like 
This like he was so protective of like the, his adopted son that no, he didn't get, want him yeah. to like, reveal that and like hurt himself because he cared more about his son than the world. I <laughs> get that part of it. I, I do. But I also see him going like, I want to protect you, but you did the right thing, son. Like life is worth protecting. It is worth like so. That's the Jonathan Kent I was kind of hoping for. But that's the thing. You see him die in a tornado, and Clark's like, I'll never not try to save somebody again. I need a way to be able to do it. And then he goes to find his Kryptonian background. So your argument was, when he dies, he was the best in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. The death of Kevin. So you're right. He's bad before he dies. Moving on. Oh, poor Pockhead. (laughs) I mean, I will say that him dying in the tornado was a very emotional moment. Like, I never got emotionally attached to Superman. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I don't view him as like a, a moral being, which he's not. So I've never been able to like directly attach to him. So I I can't really have that emotional connection. Well, you can, some, some of your superheroes you can, but I know like Phil can completely. But you just look, man. He's Man of Steel. Just he's, he came first. It, you wouldn't even have come. You wouldn't even. There never would have been a Batman without a Superman. You just got to respect like the source material. Sure, uh, absolutely. And I think that the, this, the way Superman's been treated in modern comics and in cinema, is amazing. They're they're giving him the depth that most hardcore Superman fans see already on the page, but everyone else sees like a Boy Scout who t- gets cats out of trees. Right. But he's really like a super tortured like human being. He's fucking alone in the entire universe. So he's like the different side of the same coin as Batman. They're both orphans, one on a much grander scale than, you know, two bullets. <laughs> as opposed, you know, a world blowing up. I just think, you know, maybe one's a little bit more yeah, damaged. Superman has no actual memory of that happening. That is ingrained. He got to watch a whole flames. fucking metal movie on the wall about it. He got to, like, see, <laughs> the, like, the a movie. diorama. Another spaceship oh, diorama. Another spaceship diorama. <laughs> Thank God there's no Kurt Russell uh, tentacle porn right? this time. So, Russell Crowe tentacle porn. God, no. 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 So the one saving no. grace of this movie, for me, was Zod. Oh, Michael Shannon. I, Michael Shannon is a great actor. Michael Shannon is 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 definitely a, I guess, a jack-of-all-trades where, like, he's hysterical in The Night Before as their drug dealer. Right. And then he's great in... Horror movies, dramas, anything. The Boardwalk Empire, he was amazing in. Do you know what his greatest role is, though? When he read that letter of the uh, on YouTube of for Funny or Die uh, from the crazy sorority that was, like, oh. attacking their own members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen this, go on YouTube and just type in Michael Shannon sorority letter. If you want to just crap your pants laughing for a couple of hours. I mean, I thought you were going to say the drug dealer in, in the trunk of Martin Lawrence and Will Smith's car <laughs> in Bad Boys 2. Oh, shit, that was Michael Shannon, wasn't it? Was. It was. Crazy. So, yeah, but so obviously he's got a super illustrious career. Like, Michael Shannon's a great fucking actor. Zod was did. amazing. Yep, he did great playing Zod. I mean, okay. I always say that if you even want to have a remotely good superhero film... You better have a really good villain, mm-hmm. and this villain was not your typical. Oh, I want to take over the Earth just for power. He actually had a purpose. Zod was designed to protect his people, and he's doing it at all. Co- like he's doing it for what he believes is right. Well, that's how we get to the genetically engineering people instead of birthing. So he was, you know, genetically engineered to be the protector by force of. 
And then speaking of Zod kind of leads into, I think, the biggest controversy of the whole movie was, does Superman kill? I think that this is not only an origin story from, like, a geographical perspective or an intergalactic (laughs) geographical perspective. This is an origin story of his code. Superman... This is a huge controversy about this movie. Everyone went in, they're like bitching and moaning that Superman killed Zod at the end of the film. Now, Superman doesn't fucking kill. Superman's not a killer. Like, thank you. I'm glad to know you've been a Superman fan for a week and a half. Right. This is a person, too. He didn't just wake up one day and say, I will never kill anything ever. He just got into his first fight using his powers in his whole life. And, and in the was- process... Took down a whole fucking city. Well, that you, you actually saw him losing this fight too, like because, like you said before, he's not trained. These people are militarily trained to fight using their powers. Well, maybe not with the powers, but definitely to fight. And does the powers just enhance how dangerous they are with them? Sort of like if you gave Batman super strength, right? That'd be dangerous as fuck. That way, he's deadly. If Superman has a no killing code, that's all well and good. Show me why. He just got shown. That, that, and that, show, that yeah. shows you why. Yeah. And everybody you know, was. They're like, oh, he doesn't kill. He's never killed Zod before. Did you think in the first Superman films when Christopher Reeves pushes them into a massive pit, they're going into like a nice heated pool at the bottom of that? Right. Like, he killed them. Right. And everybody's like, oh. Like, well, <laughs> Zod, he, 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 he killed he, he killed them in, in the late 80s. In the comic yeah. book in the late 80s, early 90s. Giant cellophane ass shield. <laughs> Which started... A storyline where he goes crazy because of the guilt and starts having multiple personalities. Right. That's how the Guardians created. And I think that's what they're trying to show us. It it wasn't like he killed him instantly. Like, he didn't even think about it. He asked Zod to stop. He begged him to stop. He tried to control him to pull away from killing those people. And it was Earthlings that he's grown up with his entire life, or this one man he's never met before that's trying to hurt them. And, of course, he's going to make that decision. Like that just and then yeah, you could see the grief afterwards. You could see him like yelling and screaming. Like I thought he, that was a very well performed scene too by Henry Cavill. Oh yeah. He didn't want to do that. He did not want to kill this guy. And maybe that's from now on, that feeling like in the comics and what you just said, that guilt's gonna live with him forever. So maybe that they gave us the reason why he doesn't kill. This is an origin of his code as well as where he was born. This is a great idea. Like nobody's really ever explored that in a Superman film before. He just shows up one day and is like, I don't kill and I take care of kids and everything is American. Yeah. Right. But I think that also leads us into the next movie really well. Because in this movie, he's faced with a lot of mortal threats and he doesn't kill them, which he could instantly. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice is a great fucking movie. Eh. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far. I, it is a great movie. It has a lot more pluses than it has minuses. And we'll, we'll go over them. We certainly will. Fuck you, haters. <laughs> it had to. It had the potential to be really, really good. It fulfilled its potential, Tim. So, <laughs> so we get, we we get a good a good redeeming factor for me is you know, Affleck. Affleck. Um, I I think all of us in this room bitched and moaned through a hissy fit the second we heard Ben Affleck. I was super happy. Actually. Of course, you say that now, but I remember, I remember, <laughs> con- I remember conversations, sir. No, no. Remember, because I was like, at that time, I was going through a really positive Batman, anti-Batman phase. Like, I was like really hardcore trash talking the bat, you know, like just for a lot of different reasons. We're not going to go over it again. I've, I've, I've balanced the scales of my carrying of the two characters. But 
I was super happy when I heard Batman because I for negative reasons because oh, uh, dude the guy from Goodwill Hunting is gonna be uh, he isn't wasn't he like bong he did fucking Jay and Silent Bob movies and shit yeah. I I was uh, so against it because my biggest concern was I want to go and watch the movie and I want to have that immersion I, I go to the movies to get away for a while and my fear was that I was just gonna see Ben Affleck cosplaying as Batman. I, yeah, that I, was I, my concern. And pack the car if I have it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I heard that and was like, oh well, Daredevil's a shit movie. <laughs> uh, but you know, like he had been, he he had been coming back with the town and Argo, but he kind of directed those movies too. Yeah, or not kind of, he did. So what's he going to do when he's just acting? I guess was my thing. It's like, like my, nah, my biggest right. thing was I could see Affleck being Bruce Wayne. I think he could be a great Bruce Wayne, right. play the the playboy, the intellectual person. You know, I, I could see that. I couldn't see Affleck in a bat suit fighting. Like I just, I don't see Google hunting Affleck fighting. Like it doesn't make sense to me. But Sweeney, but Sweeney, he was amazing. It the was. Warehouse he was. Scene. He was. The warehouse scene was Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, the whole Arkham style fighting game. Like when he was going nuts in that warehouse, that. That to me, I was like, Batman. It was. It was Batman right there. We never really have seen that outside of the animated series. That vicious fighting style. Right, because even we go back to the old Batmans, you know, 89, you know, the 90s, um, they fought, he fought with singular people or like a little group and he would just kind of like do some like tricks and like tie him up in the air or, you know, hit him one time and they fall down. You don't get to see like the full on. I'm, I'm smarter than you. I'm more skilled than you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to kick all your asses. Where at the same she? time. Where's Rachel? <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> the best thing to go. Oh, my God. But yes. I actually don't like him as Bruce Wayne. No. To me, he's a great Batman. The Bruce Wayne, again, with the, the whole negative to everything has to be dark and gritty. Like, when he's playing Bruce Wayne, he's kind of moping around. He's kind of just, like, constantly just pissed i get the the whole notion that snyder is saying well it's because he's already had loss and all this tragedy and everything but he still needs that playboy persona we never got that no but he's so like burned at this point in his career that he's batman even when he isn't in the fucking suit that's amazing that just shows what his destiny is he's, but in the nolan films, there'll be no more bruce wayne and the nolan films Bale's Batman gets to that point also. Like, he has tragic loss. He has all that. But when he goes out as Bruce, he still is that flaunty billionaire playboy. And to me, that's why Bale's Bruce Wayne is the best one on film. What about the third one when he becomes like a recluse who built the Spruce Moose? (laughs) This dirty ass hair, (laughs) these crazy long toenails. I I will agree. I, I didn't mind it because this is old Batman. This is not young 20s, you know, or right into. You know, Batman, he's been around me. Hell, he, he lost a Robin. We see the suit. We see, you know, the ha-ha-ha jokes on you, bullet holes, you know, bloodied Robin suit. I mean, how would you feel if you lost someone who was like a son to you? The fact that he could pretend to be drunk and still come off as that playboy after all that shit, I think Affleck played it right. I think though he him not going like flamboyant, like playboy, and more like, you know, tragic old man, like, I'm gonna die rich but alone. <laughs> like, that was a smart He's decision. not the worst Bruce Wayne. No. But he, he wasn't my favorite. I but he agree. is my favorite Batman. But, and I think it is, too, we just got that big difference of Snyder's 
you know, Bruce Wayne. And then this was next, you know, we, we got through the whole trilogy and now we had nothing. And then we got a new version. And I do think that's what throws a lot of people off is they're trying to compare it to that. Like this, like this came after that. No, this is a completely different universe. So, um, but, but yeah. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement, though, that Ben Affleck pulled it off. He is a good mm-hmm. Batman. I agree. Now, what about your thoughts on Lex Luthor? Oh, God. <laughs> we're all going to agree that that was one of the uh, shittiest casting yeah, choices. It, I mean, it's it's Jesse Eisenberg is playing Lex Luthor right. as the Riddler, or the Riddler as Lex Luthor. No, like, some Joker like, nuttiness. Like you could you could have just played you could you could have just played uh, the Social Network, your character in the Social Network. Zuckerberg, I think he did. And you would have been fine, pretty much. I mean, and and he yeah. like pissed in a jar. Right. Like I just. Damn. Like what? Well, like what? You're not what, wrong. What, what was up with the whole like Jolly Rancher in the mouth thing? Because that, that was just, creepy that, AF. No, like. It, so when I heard no. rumors, you know, before filming, everybody's like, "Oh, Brian Cranston, Brian Cranston beat Luther." I was like, "That'd be perfect. amazing." Holy shit! Social media is feeding you the greatest casting choice mm-hmm. you can make. And you go with Jesse Eisenberg, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to give him a chance." I thought Jesse Eisenberg would have been a good Lex Luthor, especially after seeing him play Mark Zuckerberg in the Social Network. Like, right? I thought he would have been. I thought he would have pulled it off. I but honestly did. They made him this quirky, like kid, like not not intelligent, not, not super like cocky, or, like business, CEO. like just like it made him this quirky little teenager. Yeah, I don't really think he ever like showed any kind of like scientific genius. And Lex no. Luthor is like a, a ninth level intellect. Right, he's one of the most intelligent people in the, in the universe. It might be the nerdiest thing I've said in like a week and a half. <laughs> That's okay. We're, it's a safe place here in Philly. Thank you. So, I was extremely disappointed because I wanted like, like you said, a good villain makes a movie. Yeah. And while he's not like necessarily the villain, we know. He is. Like, he's behind it all. Even the casual moviegoer knows Lex Luthor is a villain. Right. You see Lex Luthor with Batman, they're synonymous. It's like the Batman and Joker. It's like the synonymous villain. And we got this psychotic tween. Super neurotic. And part of that was the editing choice for the theatrical cut. They left out a lot of what caused him to kind of go nutty at the end with him, like, being in in the... uh, Genesis pool and seeing Steppenwolf and being told these are mother boxes we're coming to fuck your earth up because Superman is dead. Like why did they cut that out? They cut that out. So at the very end when he's like ding 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 the bells of toll everyone out in space knows so they're coming now because Superman's dead. Everyone in the theater especially the casuals are like what the fuck is he talking about? Right. Because they fucking cut it out of the movie. Came out of left field. I would admit the theatrical release made some poor decisions in the editing department, but but let's all agree that we're going to talk about the director's cut because the director's cut is how the film was meant to be portrayed. True. I agree. Yeah. Just just for fairness to Zack Snyder, he, it, I'm yeah. sure he had some and people bullshitted. The suits need to back off. Yes. And rumor is they are. Did he have two flashback scenes back-to-back in the director's cut? No. Because Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're going to get this out of the way right now because this has been a huge point of contention for fa- of people who watch this movie. When you see Batman in like the po- the post-apocalyptic, uh, dark side of the apocalypse of attack and taking over Earth, Superman is like a fascist dictator. That is the future. That is actually what has taken place. And because of the events that took place there, Flash goes back in time, which is followed up by that scene where you got the lightning and like Bruce wakes up and like the Flash is coming out of the time portal like, you were right about him, you were right about him. Flash, with that one moment, put Batman on the path to 
evaluating maybe not killing Superman. But why didn't they explain that better? Why didn't they try to give it a little bit more it, it was body just, inside of that some movie? Some of the editing choices yeah. just made me like... I like, love that scene. I do. I love because it's very much taken from Injustice. Mm-hmm. Like, you got the, the reign of Superman because Lois is dead. And then you get a actual flash, like, ripping through time. Like, he's already going through the, the fucking time force. We get, to cut, and there's no explanation. There's no it's ex- just thrown on screen. And, right. And, and, just poof. Right. And I like to think that I'm very knowledgeable when it comes to the comic books and the storylines. But when I have to audibly just go, what the fuck just happened in a movie theater? What the hell? I did not have this moment. I understood exactly what was happening as I saw the film. There's no what the fuck. I was like... Cool, he just changed the timeline. My first time seeing yeah, it, I thought that was Cyborg at first. Yeah, I did too. I, was I, like, uh, I did too. I, why I, is Cyborg telling him? Right, I completely agree. Yeah. I just, I think it was poorly It edited. doesn't make me dislike the entire movie, but that was part of where I was like, hey. They could have made some better choices, editing-wise. Okay. Um, so... I, I, I get that, and I'll, 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 we'll just have to agree to disagree. But let, let's talk about how this film had some pretty sweet homages uh, to Death of Superman and Dark Knight Returns. I mean, these were not... I think a lot of people went into this movie thinking that they were going to see, like, a... This was just going to be the Dark Knight Returns. But nobody wants to really... That's just, that's there's that's That paints them into a corner. But taking these really amazing elements of these stories and making one of them was, I think, a good decision. I think that Batman in the, the wannabe Iron Man suit going toe-to-toe with a Kryptonite Weekend Superman fight was fantastic. Yeah, I think that part was great. Um... It was handled well. I don't like why he stopped going to kill him. Oh, well, you don't like the fact that it takes a green rock to kill Superman, but all it takes to kill Batman is mentioning his mommy. Right. Like, the reason he stopped was because he said his mom's name. Why'd you say that name? Like, <laughs> real? I, mean, I know you had ties to your mom and there's some issues there, but that's all it would take? God, Martha. Right. Oh, that's another head scratcher. That makes perfect sense for me, man. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest badass in the world, Batman, is ruined by the sheer memory of his parents. Batman is standing on Clark's throat, right. about to skewer him. And Superman says, Martha, not mom or my mother, Martha. I've never referenced my mother like, Sharon. Well, he's trying to hide his, <laughs> he's trying to hide his identity. If he gives her his, hit Batman her real name, he'll find her easier. <laughs> It's kind of like, like here's the finest person. What does she look like? Her name's Martha. Right. Like, that was just bad. I'm sorry. Like, you could have maybe had Wonder Woman come in and stop it or something, which don't even be started on her appearance in this movie because why the hell was she there? I think that Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman was one of the best parts of the film, and her showing up was a great, like, she's been underground and, like, a spy this whole time since her, like, uh, unveiling to the world, and now she's, like, there's a reason to be called back to battle. The I'm looking for, reason, I can't wait for her movie. The only reason they did it was just because her movie's coming out, which I agree. I'm excited for that movie, but you could have taken every one of her scenes out of this one, and we would have been fine. I think it would have been better served if Wonder Woman came out before Batman versus Superman, because you had that scene where she's looking at the picture of all of her her teammates or her battalion that's going to appear in Wonder Woman, but the casual viewer is just kind of like, oh, all right, whatever. There's no emotional attachment to that scene. I thought either that or we, we've discussed before, her scene almost being in the post-credits, right. and that's her finding the footage on Luther's laptop of all the other metahumans out there. So that would have been a great, like, hey, here's something to look forward to. Yep. 
they now know that there's others out there like them. But you put that right in the middle of the movie, and it kind of was like, oh, cool. I think we can all agree there were some edit. They're poor editing choices yeah. taken here. But let's. I mean, somebody out there should fan edit the film. I agree. I, I mean, I'd love to see that. I'd watch the hell out of that. And we get a great villain. And again, the real villain, Doomsday. So I mean, he looks weird at first. I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting does, more bone like protrusions. He looks like a cave troll, but then we kind of see how, as things happen to him, he evolves, which is the whole premise of Doomsday. So I think I think that was a good choice. But at first, I thought it was like, uh, what is the thing? Why does it look this way? I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge Death of Superman fan. It was probably the thing that got me into comics big time when I was a kid when I was learning about all that, and I wanted. I, I, I'm sorry, but Doomsday was a huge letdown for me. I don't like the origin story of Doomsday at all in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have. I don't think that the audience of non like hardcore geeks like us would would have had a problem understanding what Doomsday was. Just have him like locked up in the ship or something. Right. There, there's there's Doomsday trapped and like they bring him out of cryo sleep and he's just like fucking tear shit apart. Not that would have been perfect. Uh, not the altered body. Yeah, Lex like Luthor Zod. and Dead okay. Zod's love child mutant right. creature. Like, come on. That was unnecessary. And yes, yeah. more like spikes and shit. And that's what I agree with. I was waiting for like the bones to start to close around his eyes. So Marvel has the CGI where they make Ruffalo look like the Hulk. You still see Ruffalo's features and everything. This was Warner's chance to give us a CGI creation of straight from the comic books. I mean, Marvel's putting out character after character now that look like they've been pulled from the comics. I mean, look at Hela in the trailer of Thor. She's wearing that big fucking, like, antler thing. So, to me, it was like, I want to see comic book doomsday in this movie. Why'd they make the decision to, like, deviate? They have a perfect blueprint in front of them, and they choose to ignore it. I thought that we were one movie too soon for Doomsday and the Death of Superman. Well, Warner Brothers has been trying to do that for 20 years, ever since Kevin Smith was trying to do a movie in the 90s. So, so yeah. they got their wish, finally. Was that with Nicolas Cage Nicolas as Nicolas Superman? Cage. Nicolas Cage. Oh. Superman lives. Superman lives. Yeah. Long Nicolas Cage yeah. and so, uh, Tim Burton directing. So we do get the death of Superman. Which was the black comic book, right? Mm-hmm. It came with a black sleeve or whatever. Yeah, the, 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 the red. The red. Oh, that was a, that's a great. The newspaper stand one is the the the, the cape on the the yeah. metal bar. Yeah, yeah. I just picked up the black bag one again. I had it when I was uh, when we were teenagers, and I sat there for about three minutes after I purchased it. Like I'm not going to open this. All right, I'm opening it. So I opened it. It was it was cool. It had like a black armband in there, and it had like a little metal clip, like pen, like rest in peace, Superman. It had an obituary, and then just a few days ago, I was like, well, I need to buy this again so I can actually have it sealed. You had such a nerd boner, didn't you? I did. Uh, gross, gross. It, it was one of the first times I remember though, is opening that back panel fold out page in that comic book and seeing. Lois like, laying crying and Superman's arm up. Yeah, just laying there dead. And you Michelangelo actually stop for a minute and you're like, yeah, it's awesome. It's dead. So, so yeah, in the movie, we get that. We get yeah. Doomsday, you know, the one creature that can kill Superman. Does it? Kills him. And I thought, I didn't, I didn't know we were going to get that. I thought for sure, you know, he's going to recover right then and there. He'll come back somehow or something, you know. The sun, they'll dawn, the sun will come out and heal him or something, you know. But no. He He'll be back. Oh, of course. Well, obviously, I mean, you, I mean, this is the death and return of Superman, right. which is fantastic. Listen, and this time we're not getting the Eradicator and Cyborg Superman, <laughs> Superboy. or Superboy with a leather jacket. Steel. 
Steel. Steel. You'll never live it down. <laughs> I'm that, gonna, that, Kazam. 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 Yeah, right. All right. Or Shaq you leave Shaquille O'Neal alone. Uh, <laughs> Shaq right. Fu. So that, that, that's where we've left off, right? In the uh, so far in the DC universe, it's all we've gotten so far. So I think we all agree that there are good things about Dawn Justice and bad things. Luther sucked assholes with a straw, and uh, they wrapped up the Man of Steel controversies pretty well. Yeah. Right, yeah. So then the next installment in the DC Cinematic Universe was a film that I still don't understand the hype train to this day, but Suicide Squad. Oh, Ooh. my God. Holy crap. What 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 possessed them to think this was a good idea? God damn. It was a good idea, but not the way they I've did heard, it. I've heard of all these reshoots, and it still was... I, I just, I don't understand the hype behind the, the, the entire property in general. Right. I just, I don't understand. I think everybody was excited to seeing, like, oh, a group of the villains. Like, we want right. to see the villains right. do something, and instead of us getting the six or so core members of the Suicide Squad, we got a dead shot Harley and... These other dudes, right. right? And we. So first of all, the Joker is a touchy subject after Heath Ledger. I mean, that's just that's the facts. Mm. You know, no one's gonna, no one can do it like him. Obviously, like no one did Jack Nicholson after him. Different Jokers, but different yeah. Jokers, but right. both lovable. Um, both of them great. So we get this. So another one of those oh my god moments. Like why did they pick that guy? You don't like Jared Leto as the Joker. When okay. I first heard it, didn't like it. Oh, I liked it right away. Oh. But then I started hearing like his Joker laugh and the stuff he like teased out. I thought, oh, okay, he looks creepy, sounds creepy. He might be able to pull this off. And then we get whatever monstrosity like, that the was. Tattoos, yeah, the, the fucking grill, the uh, the the weird hair. Dude, I just, I'm, the, I'm still holding some kind of like nerd belief that that's actually Jason Todd. I, wanted, I wanted to. I want. I, I'm still kind of holding on to that because, to me, like, I'm sorry, but the Joker is not a nightclub owning pimp. Yeah, I'm so you, sorry, guys, but that's the fucking joke. No, if, if it, they have to, somebody out there is listening, and there's so <laughs> many. There's so many touches though to this guy that shows you it's Jason Todd, the J under the eye that gets carved into him and in, in other iterations branded into him by the Joker. The bullet holes in the costume, the from Batman versus Superman, matches up with bullet hole scars on this Joker. Right. So I hope he's just so mentally gone that he thinks he's the Joker. There is a huge flaw in this theory. Harley Quinn loves this Joker. It's Mr. J. It's the Joker, not, not unless, Jason Todd. Not unless she doesn't really know it's not. Ooh, then she got some explaining to do. What's right. happened to this other Joker that sh- maybe she just latched on to this one? There right. could be all kinds of backstory to that. Yeah, but it's just a monstrous. It is. Yeah. They got a lot of uh, backpedaling to do to yes. try to make up for it this. Is. I, mean, I, I will say Margot Robbie was a good Harley Quinn. I, thought I liked she was her Harley Quinn. Quinn. I liked uh, Will Smith and Deadshot. Yeah. I did too. I thought he played a good Deadshot. And I was concerned at the first, like, I thought Will Smith, there's no way they're going to give him the mask. He's not going to cover his face up. He's going to want to be out the whole time. Right. But he did. He put on a, the mask with the one eye, and, I mean, it was amazing. I was very happy. For one scene. Oh, oh yeah. Amanda Waller was great. Yeah. Yeah, she was Ooh. bad. I like the actress. She's done really good work. I wasn't buying this. I like her Waller. I didn't mind her, yeah. but I don't know much of the, of the character outside of this that much. I mean, did I you have a lot of knowledge of Suicide Squad, like the team and all that before? I knew, I knew what it was made of. I knew what yeah. it did. I didn't really know a lot about it. Yeah, so 
You, because of that movie, you got to know some of Deadshot's backstory. Yeah. You obviously know Harley Quinn. Yep. And they showed her and all that. So tell me from that movie, what is Captain Boomerang's role? What does he do? Who the, is he? To drink, the to drink energy drinks and throw something. Yeah. I don't know. What is, what is Killer Croc? Movie. Movie. Well, and that's, I, kind of, I was kind of pissed about Killer Croc because I liked Killer Croc from the Batman Rogue Squad. You know, I, I liked that. I liked who, him going toe-to-toe with him. And we got this, like, pussy version of him. Yeah. He didn't do anything. Again, another opportunity, CGI. Yeah. Like, give us a giant killer croc with, like, the actual animated, like, long snout. Like, we'll show him actually doing something. Yeah. What did he do? Who would he fight? Like, what did he do? He pushed a button. Yeah. He grabbed some guards into the water. Like, that's just dumb. This is is an example of an attempt at an ensemble film where they stuffed it too full of bullshit. There's too many characters in this movie. I love the look of Enchantress when she's that dirty, cloudy witch, and then we got her as that villain with her fucking trash heap brother. I I think Suicide Squad is just an example of Warner Brothers can't get out of their own way because we're getting a Batman movie, solo Batman movie, what, 2019? They didn't want to wait, maybe. They didn't want to wait two years and introduce Joker and Harley Quinn in a Batman movie. Uh, Like, just just because, like, Suicide Squad is kind of a hot property-ish in the comics doesn't mean it's going to translate to And the it's not even that great in the comics. No. no. It, it kind of took I, off during New 52 a little bit. Right. But even before, yeah, even, even before New 52, like, nothing. No. Like, but I don't want to hate on these characters because I love Harley Quinn from the animated Batman series. Right. I love the character in general, but these are characters that were treated with very little respect. These are, I, Harley Quinn and the Joker belong in a Batman film. You're right. 100%. But they didn't stop. No. Right. right, especially if you're going to introduce these characters into the cinematic universe for the first time. Right, yeah. And I also think, like, <clears throat> that... I lost a train of thought. That's all right. Like, So Suicide Squad in general, what we're looking at here, is a movie with, like, 15 characters, some of which right. who, like, are introduced in, in, in literal sentence dialogue, like Katana. Right. Like, she's here, and she literally just shows up on the damn chopper. It's like, and then the guys are just like, don't get cut by her sword, because that shit will take your soul. Right. right. Well, that's what I was going to say. I figured I was going to say. Um, this is, I feel like this was Waterloo's attempt to do a Guardians of the Galaxy. Kind of like those characters we really didn't know about before this movie, and they brought them all together and they did wonderful. Waterbird's like, hey, let's do that with the Suicide Squad. Not everybody really knows all these people, not really supposed to be together and fighting. Wacky. Fun, let's do it. They didn't, those characters just don't have, they're forced to work together, so they don't, don't really feel like they're at any point in time bond as a team. Right. Like no, Guardians no. is a family, but Suicide Squad is. Somebody's black op operation of, of a bunch of idiots they were lucky enough to catch. Right. I don't care. No. And yeah. I liked I liked the the look of Harley. Yeah. I do like that actress. She she pulled it off. The one thing I'm missing, another character of Harley, the thing that makes Harley Harley is that Brooklyn accent. Yep. So I when agree. we didn't get it, I was just it was like Rogue One without John Williams music. Amen. I got a Harley Quinn without that Brooklyn accent. Yep. And I was like mm. sinful. Even Injustice Two has the right voice. For Harley. Yeah, it's Tara Strong. She does an amazing job. She's been doing that voice for a long time, yeah. and I don't imagine anyone else sounded like She's Harley Quinn. Mr. J. Mr. J. Well, Arlene Sorkin does it, yeah. She did it first, and then Tara Strong sounds yeah. just like her. Right. They're, they're but great. I, but but looks-wise, and I don't mean this like from like a, a 
the pervert way. But, <laughs> but yes, she, oh, she looks like Harley Quinn. She looks like right she off does. the page. Yep, she I agree. Like the her. style was done well. Um, I don't know, maybe a little bit overly sexualized. Like, really, you think Harley Quinn's going to fight in Daisy Dukes? Party pants? Doesn't seem like very good armor. She's yeah, she usually fights whenever she has on. No hyenas. No hyenas. And no giant hammer. No. She'd have a bat, though. That is, that's, that's all right. I will, I'm a giant hammer. Yeah. I know. It's good to see in the comics every now and then. I like the when she's going through <coughs> her uh, her belongings in the prison and she pulls up the, the classic costume. Yeah. I, and I throws it away. I thoroughly enjoyed the brief second that we had of them dancing and he's in the, the Alex Ross the, from the cover, Alex Ross yes. cover. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah, that was a great yeah. scene. I, that's one of the best I think it's one of the best Harley Quinn Joker covers ever done. I'll say that the so far in this DC universe, visually, it's been great. Like the visual aspect of it. I know a lot of people give Zack Snyder a bad time for putting that like blue filter over everything, and it does kind of darken down Superman sometimes. But overall, I I, I haven't been disappointed visually. It's just some of I'll these editing that, yeah. choices, some of the yeah. editing choices and, and direction. And they they are they are missing a, a Kevin Feige. In Suicide Squad, I just didn't care about the villain. I didn't care why they were there to fight them. I really, I just had no they attachment. Themselves. Yeah. They created this situation themselves. In the movie, I don't give a shit if they die because they just made Enchantress, like, you just let her free. Right. And you just screwed the town. And now you have to go in to rescue your own boss. Like, you guys caused this problem. Right. Like, you know, like, going back to what you said about Guardians of the Galaxy and how they wanted to make their own Guardians is, is it's different where, you know, Guardians, like, yes, they're a family, but they, they do come come together in the first one, but ultimately they, they have good reasons. They're good, you know, means. Right. But the Suicide Squad, they're just all villains who just don't, don't care. Like ultimately, ultimately they're in it for themselves. So and don't you don't really, off. right. And you don't really kind of connect with that. No. You're just like, ah, whatever. Right. So we all can agree. Movie sucked. Terrible. <laughs> Fuck this whole movie. Well, that wraps up our first portion of the DC Cinematic Universe review. Coming up in our next podcast, we'll be discussing the brand new Wonder Woman movie coming out soon. And finally, we're going to get our great Justice League. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.